yeah, like while it is so traumatizing for the kids now to grow up in their early years of, you know, not seeing faces, you know, having like literally fear and worry and doubt ingrained in their bodies because of what their parents are seeing on the news and what they're feeling, there's still time to reprogram the damage that has been done. Welcome to the Riley June Show. I am your host, Riley June, intuition master coach and spiritual activator. This podcast is here to support you on your growth and ascension journey. For those new to learning about their energy and for light leaders to set a standard in their work and practices within the industry. Running a multi-six-figure business as a light leader comes with great responsibility. And as I expand my work into the corners of the globe to help others reconnect with who they truly are, just know your time spent here with me is held sacredly. And for light leaders, it's time to show up. We have a massive mission to raise the awareness of human consciousness in our globe. So let's get to work. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another session. We have the incredible Evelyn with Evolve with Evelyn here with us today. And this conversation is seriously one of my favorites that I have done so far this year because we just ended up going into this really big, beautiful conversation about consciousness and relationships and the journey of healing and what it actually looks like and what to do as you evolve. And then my favorite part is we really got into the topic of parenting and being a conscious parent and what Evelyn shares in her own journey with her parents as well me with mine and being a parent myself and the evolution of just being a conscious parent. Um, it is seriously so, so freaking good. And I wanted to let you know before we get into this episode that Chloe Angeline and I, Self-Healing Mama Chloe, are going to be hosting a Protect Your Child's Energy workshop on January 26th, so this coming Wednesday, and it is $22 Canadian to join. Chloe and I are really big advocates for conscious parenting and just doing better as a parent. And I don't say that in any judgeful or shameful way because I know we're all doing our best as we become parents in this world. So for my moms or my dads that are listening, um, we're all doing truly the best that we can. But there are things that we can be more observant about in not only our own, um, just our own What's what I'm looking for? Character traits. Traits and capabilities of holding space for our children. It's not the word I'm looking for. But anyways, I'm going to just go with it. Uh, just how we can hold space for our children in a better way. More often than not, we are reactive. Our children are an absolute divine mirror for us, for our own deeper inner healing work. Um, absolutely they are. But uh, just in the capability to be able to hold space for your child and their gifts. Our children are coming in so psychically advanced uh, geniuses, ability to do math, English, learn, walk, crawl, speak, do things, build so much faster is absolutely incredible. And so as a parent and someone who teaches all about energy, there's a few different things that are truly required to support your children in their own individual soul's development. And that's what Chloe and I are going to be addressing and speaking to and teaching because your child chose you. Your child chose you to teach them about them. And Chloe and I are huge advocates in the sense of 
we don't believe that we should be sending our children to other people for energy work, especially if they're under the age of 16, because they have zero idea what they're actually consenting to. And likely, even as the parent, you don't know what you're sending your child into. The opposing side of this work is demons and cults, right? And I say this often, at least on Instagram, because this is the true reality of energy work, right? And so it is why whenever I do readings with people, I state and address where I'm connecting from, which is always God. I talk about God and my relationship with him. And not because God is, well, I believe God is the ultimate almighty who created the universe. <laughs> um, but that's for you to decide and discover and to go into that own journey for yourself. But I like to make sure that I'm always stating where I'm connecting from so that people are actually genuinely aware where the foundation of that energy is coming from. And so... Yeah, Chloe and I are going to do this workshop and we're going to help you as a parent with your incredibly gifted children, support them in their gifts and their psychic protection. So the link is in the show notes for you to be able to join that. It's also in Chloe and I's bio as well. And I'm excited to turn this episode over to Evelyn and I's conversation because it is truly one for the books for sure. All right, enjoy. I will see you on the other side. <clears throat> Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another session. I am so incredibly excited to bring on the beautiful Evelyn. If you are in the membership or even the mastermind, you have worked with her before in my containers, and she is the inner child and generational trauma master, coach, healer, enthusiast, entrepreneur, honestly, literally one of my favorite humans. So I'm so excited to dive into today with you, Evelyn. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, 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 so excited to be here. Yay. So in this month, we're all about the law of polarity and really in that is duality, the experience of healing. And so right. first I'd love to start off with you. What do you do in this world? Let the listeners know if they <laughs> haven't connected with you. Yes. So in short, I am an inner child healing life coach who specializes in generational trauma healing. So really my goal and my intention is to help people evolve into the next level version of themselves, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially. And it's really all about that total mind, body, soul transformation. I used to be a personal trainer, fitness coach. I also used to do business coaching. And what I've really noticed in all the work that I've done with clients is that you can gain the, the success that you want and achieve the goals. But if there are deep rooted limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging behaviors and programmings from past lives generationally, as well as your childhood, those are the things that are going to continue holding you back. And I was just so sick and tired of watching people around me, especially people I loved and my clients just feel like, okay, I gained the success and then I lost it all. And I'm really about helping people make that long lasting change. Mm, I love that. And it's so beautiful what you do because in the world of entrepreneurship I feel like there's the people who are literally in this to the point where they have their systems in place so it is about generating money or they're coming into this and that's all they're focused on and then there's the other side of the coin where it's like people who genuinely care and not to say that the people on the other side don't 
But there comes a point where if you aren't doing the inner healing work, if you're focused and fixated so much on the money aspect of it, you do lose sight of why you're truly genuinely here to help. And that's something that I've really taken notice to you and your work is that you genuinely care from the extra time you'll spend to explaining things or doing Q and A's or, you know, really helping someone in that moment when they come to you. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. So I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you for the reflection. And I'm so excited to be here to chat with you and to, you know, share any tips trainings or, you know, wisdom with your audience? Yeah. Well, I would love to know from you. So getting into inner child healing, I guess, what was one of those things that for you personally, where you really started to realize that that was your calling? So I get this question a lot. And it's so interesting, always going back, because I feel like for those of us who get led by our work, right? Not just doing it because, oh, this is where I can make money. Like every, I feel like every step in entrepreneurship has always been because of my own journey. You know, I first started off in personal training and fitness and health coaching, and it was because I saw what fitness and health did for me and my body. So inner child healing came about through my own healing. So I didn't really know what inner child healing was until it was me going through what felt like the dark night of the soul. And then at the same time, my education and certifications. So for example, I struggled, you know, I think like many others, we had a deep spiritual awakening in 2020. (laughs) And that was when I was kind of cornered up into taking a deep look at my childhood trauma. Like everything kind of just blew up in my face. And it was to the point where like, I was forced to take a good like five to seven months off my business because I hadn't looked at it before. And it just like, I was in a space and environment where I was forced, like I couldn't run away anymore. I couldn't just pretend that like everything was rainbow sunshines and ponies. Like it was there. So as I was going through that, and then previously I had gotten my certifications in near linguistic programming, life and success coaching. And so that was when I really started learning more about the subconscious mind. And I really started understanding that, wow, things can actually be inherited. You can be carrying things from not only childhood as well as past lives. And I started making these connections between you know, what my ancestors went through versus also what I was going through. And then I was kind of just like this Google thing, like, okay, I knew childhood was this kind of thing. And then all of a sudden I started seeing the term inner child more and more. And I started doing more research on it. I started understanding it more coupled with my own journey, as well as with my clients. And that's when I was like, oh my God, like no one's talking about this. So yeah, it was this mishmash of experiences that were happening in 2020. I guess. I love that. And it's so true. It's like one of the questions I always get asked is how how do I find my purpose in life? And it's like, you have to just start doing things that you really do enjoy doing. And eventually I feel like no matter who you are and where you start, it all leads to entrepreneurship because you want that time freedom and money freedom that comes with that experience. But then with that, um, I always say that if you ever want to learn how to heal quickly, become an entrepreneur because you're not going to be able to avoid the mirrors that come up in, in all faucets, taking care of yourself, not going into burnout, understanding embodiment, you know, learning how to manage mm-hmm. money and, and receive. It's like all of it, communication, articulation, 
So I'd love to know from you, um, in your experience of, uh, of going through these healings, what was it like on both the positive side and maybe the not so comfortable side of it? I think the positive side is that you really have this newfound confidence that no one else talks about, right? So being in fitness and health, we think that fitness, I mean, confidence comes from what you look like and how you show up in the world, which is a tiny part of it. But what we don't realize is that confidence is a state. It's a state that comes from within. And if you're not confident on the inside, there's no way in hell that you're going to be confident on the outside. So through inner child healing, even though there's days where I am up and down with my body image and how I feel about my body, because my body has been through fucking hell and back the biggest roller coasters that you'll probably ever see, um, that there, I still have that confidence within on, in who I am and what I have to bring to the table and my purpose. So I feel like confidence, resiliency, being unshakable, even when shit is being thrown at you, you are just, you have a lot more courage. So I feel like those are the main positives. Like you just feel unstoppable. And then on the other side, on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like it's the ego death. It's where you really have to be the victor instead of the victim. It's so easy and natural to live in victim mode, victim mentality. Like this keeps happening to me. Like, why is life so hard for me? Like, it's so easy, like being in that pity party state, but being able to look at your ego and be like, okay, like you're, you did this to yourself in these ways. Like you have to be able to take responsibility. You have to be able to take ownership and the part that you played in this part of your life manifesting. I think it's really hard. Like none of us want to feel like we're not good enough. None of us want to feel like we're less than. And so I think sometimes, you know, when a large part of healing is actually having to take responsibility and having those ego deaths, it is so much more difficult than, than just saying it because you're feeling it, the depths of the emotions and feelings. And, and while you're in it, you literally feel like everything's going to end. You feel like you're at rock bottom. You feel like you can't climb up. Like it literally feels like the end of the world. But then when you climb out of it, then you're like, Oh, okay. You know, like it wasn't that bad, but I feel like a lot of people talk about the, it wasn't that bad and don't talk about what it was actually like being in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really love that you share that because it's, it's a lot of what, um, I tried to debunk, if you will. It's like the whole idea that in spirituality and going through a healing, it's this, you know, sitting in the emotions and sitting in all of the mindset and the belief and sitting in your body, which is relevant to a degree, but it's like, you can't just do that because now you're only perpetuating the exact same cycle that got you into that space. There are actions Mm -hmm. that are genuinely required on the other side of that. And so I'd love to know from you, how has the masculine energy, the action um, element of your healing journey supported you in being able to find that courage and that confidence. It's so funny you ask that because for me, I've been in a perpetual state of masculine energy my entire life. Um, I come from a very masculine energy dominant household. So very like type A, very structured, rigid, you know, things are done a certain way. That's just how my culture, my family is. So that really supported me in business for a really long time. Like, okay, what, if I check off these things, if I do these things, it's going to get to me to a certain result. And I think in 2020, 
I realized that you can't just be in the masculine or just be in the feminine. You need to have a balance of both. Otherwise you're going to be off balance. And so all of a sudden it was like out of nowhere, all the things that I was doing just stopped working. Like I was still showing up. I was still creating the content. Things were so beautiful, like to the outside looking in, it's like, you're doing the thing and, and it worked once before, but why is it not working now? And it was because I was missing that embodiment. I was missing allowing myself to let the universe help me because I was so in control for most of my life. So the masculine energy still helps me in the sense that, you know, you can't just be la-di-da and just flow around and, you know, expect things to happen. You have to be able to be intentional with the decisions that you make and actually take inspired action and not just sit there and not do anything. But at the same time, you can't override the universe and the natural flow of things. So, you know, there are days where I'm intentionally or inspired to take this action and then something happens in a split second. And it's almost like the universe is like, actually, no, even you were, you were inspired there like two minutes ago, but now we actually want you to go into this direction. So am I allowing myself to then put a cork in what I initially was doing to then flow into this direction to go where the universe wants me to go. So I don't know if that answers your question. Like, I feel like then I started kind of going into so much of the feminine where I'm like, okay, just sit back and receive and relax. <laughs> and then no, nothing was happening. So then I was like, okay, we got to bring a little bit back of like the masculine energy into life and business. I love that you shared that because I'm very much the same. My parents are very much go-getters their whole life, not necessarily yeah. like as perfectionists, but if the, like my, both of my parents ran successful businesses. Um, my dad still does. And so for me, I've always thrived in the masculine. And that was something coming into this work where I was like, oh, like I need to sit back and receive more. And so I do deep trance meditations. It wasn't just like sitting on the floor, like peeking, like, oh, yeah, did this work yet? Like, <laughs> but like actually, and, and still do the meditations because it is important. Yeah. But it's like, if I was just waiting yeah. I was unfulfilled and it wasn't yeah. at a desperation in the beginning. I could take witness to those thoughts as I went through my own healing where I was like, Oh, I'm actually in a state of desperation. I don't believe that this works. Mm-hmm. And when I started to find that acceptance that no, I actually just do thrive in the masculine. Like I do really well when I'm doing mm-hmm. things, when I'm doing the laundry, when I take a day to tornado through the house and it's done, yeah. or, you know, take two days to tornado through my business and make sure everything's set up where it needs to be or content's on whatever, and just batch it in that higher vibrational energy. Then I can sit back in the feminine and be like, okay, I got this. Everything's good. Yeah. Kosher, right. Or getting up earlier and doing those, those feminine exercises, the embodiment to, to start my day. But I tried to push it away. I tried to push away that, no, like this doesn't work or it's not good for you. And I was like, but it mm-hmm. is, and it helps me and it helps my business. So yeah, no, for sure. Like, as we're talking about this, like, I feel like we talk about it kind of like almost in this like all or nothing energy. Like you, it's like feminine or masculine. And then we also talk about this balance, but I feel like people can't actually like feel it or see it. But when, as you're talking right now, like I think for everyone who's listening, if you just recognize that even while in the masculine, there is still the feminine. And while in the feminine, you're still, there is still the masculine, I think helps you a lot instead of feeling like you have to switch back and forth. Like for example, you tornadoing in your business or 
you cleaning up your house. Like there's still that like fun and flow in within that. Right. Even when we are allowed, like, for example, got to be in my feminine energy, like allowing myself just flow where the universe wants me to go. And let's say you're doing things that really excite you. Like you still got to like plan to like go to the beach or like, you know, got to make sure that your parking meter, you don't run over time on that. So I feel like allowing ourselves to see that at every moment we can meet, maybe be in either or a little bit more, we still have the other ones present. And if it's not, how can we bring that a little bit more present so that we still have both. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because even in my example of tornadoing through the house, I'll do the laundry and I'll bring my kids into it and I'll have them help me, even though I end up redoing 99% of what they do anyway. <laughs> but it's like, you know, but being in the balance, right? I'm doing the things, but I'm in that creative state. I'm in that nurturing state. I'm still helping them help me. And in my business, I'm doing copywriting. So I'm in the intention of the words and the creativity. It's like, yeah. I feel like where a lot of people get stuck, though I've spoken more towards the entrepreneur side of it, but still it can be anything in your life, whether that's your business, whether that's your relationship, you get to sit back and lean into that trust for yourself that it works out just as much as you're willing to put in all that effort or in the trust that whatever is meant to be is what is going to work out. I know for a lot of people who struggle with right. relationships right now, whether that's family dynamics or personal relationships or even self-relationship. They struggle with believing and trusting that it's going to work out and and maybe it working out means that person no longer is in your life, or maybe there's a really hard boundary that's set, or maybe it works out that they are, but it's like, you still Mm -hmm. are responsible and accountable for your end of it, both in the awareness, in the mindset, in the actions you take. And I'd love to hear from you, Evelyn. I don't know who needs to hear this because now I'm getting brought onto the topic of relationships, but I'd love to hear from you. What has it been like with that balance of finding yourself with the dynamic of people who um, maybe are now, but weren't in the beginning willing to heal or to change? Oh, I feel like that's like such a good question. And it's also like a loaded question all at the same time, because (laughs) in relationships, like you have your parents or family, excuse me. And you also have, you know, romantic partners as well as friends. So is there one specific category that you would like me to speak more towards? Um, I'd say let's go with, uh, partners and friends. Okay. So with friends, um, you know, for me personally, I'm an old soul. I mean, you, you and I both, you know, for a lot of us who are doing this work on a deeper level. So all of my friends, surprisingly, uh, actually not surprisingly are all in like their thirties. Like I, I think I have maybe like one or two friends in in their twenties. So that was really interesting for me to kind of think about because I'm, it just dawned on me one day. I'm like, oh my God, every single person I'm attracting into my life are in their thirties. Like, why is that? I'm in my mid twenties right now. And, you know, they've had like five to six years more of life that they've lived yet on a communication front, we're very similar. So I've always just never felt like I could fit in, like with a lot of people my age, like, it's not that I was better or anything. I think we're just on different planes and we're, we got different things. And I'm just like, I had to mature really, really quickly. So when I started doing the inner work, yes, you'll start seeing that might some people in your life who are not at that place yet, who don't think that they need that work or don't see the value in it will probably fall off. 
and they might come back around later on and they might not. And that's okay. In some friendships that I've gone into, especially the ones where, you know, my friends were five to six years older than me who are very much almost at that age where you're like, I just like got no time to waste. You know what I mean? Like I I want genuine connections and true sisterhood and I've been burned before. And it was really an expansive, but also trying experience for me because going in, I had a lot of sister wounds that I didn't know I had. I also had a lot of friendship wounds. I had a lot of trust issues from a really, really young age from being burned by people who I, you know, thought were my best friends in the past. And, you know, especially when you have abandonment wounds and things like that, you, you always fear that people are talking about you behind your back or doing things out of spite and all these things. So in certain friendships, I was really able to learn to heal that part of me and be able to, I guess, start rebuilding trust within relationships, but mostly trust within myself. And, The same thing goes for partnerships as well. I've had a lot of friends where, and clients, actually, I do a lot of relationship um, coaching with a lot of my clients. And what ends up usually happening is one partner, for me personally, it's mostly been the woman in the relationship um, who's, I'm, I'm going on a spiritual awakening, wanting to better herself, but then the other partner just has no desire to. So then there's this major disconnect between one person's like evolving into this, you know, next level version of themselves. And then they're feeling this disconnect with their partner because their partner is staying the same. So then you're growing, growing more and more out of alignment with one another. And so that is something that I've noticed happens a lot. And, but I've also seen instances where the partner has been able to come around and they've been able to, you know, start doing the work together. So I don't know if that like answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, it does actually, because it's, it, it's one of those things where, especially in a relationship dynamic, and I can speak to this being married, um, going through my spiritual awakening, I was, I'm one of those people who it's like, when I figure out something is like, something is in my control to be able to heal it or fix it. Like I'm all in, what do we got to do for the most yeah. part? We have the beliefs that come up that are like, well, maybe only like half of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like I go all in and when I really started to dig into my business more, I realized that very much in what we talked about in the beginning, like if I was going to go all in, in the masculine, the action taking, the communication, the networking, all of it, that I was going to have to step up my game on the back end and just really look at where I had, you know, unprocessed wounds or uh, inner trauma that I was uh, neglecting. And for me, it was challenging because my husband was going through this period where he was very much deep in his PTSD from all of the stuff that he was going, uh, had gone through and wasn't necessarily willing to look at that for himself. And so mm-hmm. me being who I am, where I'm like, Hey, look, here's the mirror. Take a look, look in the mirror, take a look, look in the mirror. Yeah. It was, uh, it was easy for me to do that. But then on the receiving end, he wasn't willing to, and I got to learn such a really beautiful lesson in surrender. It wasn't mm-hmm. ever to the point, And I know that I can speak to this, um, more from like the positive end it was never to the point where it caused a divide in our relationship because of it and i know for a lot of people that genuinely does um but Mm -hmm. even within that you have to ask yourself like first of all what's your value in the relationship that you hold if it's a marriage one are you really truly willing to go until death do you part like what's what is your value in what those vows truly mean 
because I feel like a lot of people because of societal conditions, they're like, Hey, I got married. It's like, yeah, but what do you value in that? Because if Mm -hmm. you're willing to walk away because of uh, five weeks, six months, a year, two years, three years of someone not willing to do the work, are you genuinely in it to stick it out? And obviously if there's like an abusive aspect to that, just, you know, do what you got to do. But in terms of like someone just not willing to look at their own stuff, I don't believe that that's a good enough reason to leave. And for me, it was never a question in my mind whether I was going to or not, but it was a really big challenge in learning to surrender to his own divine timing and processing. And the more that I continued to show up for myself, the more it showed him in my own happiness that he could have the permission to do it as well. And it turned around and I think now two and a half years later, he is actually doing that work and it took time and it took trust and surrender. But that didn't mean that I was going to discredit my own work or equally his or make it mean that he wasn't meant for me. And I, I, I don't know how we got into this space, but someone needs to hear this. <laughs> That's yeah. usually how it works out. But, um, you know, you went through a really big, deep healing from a traumatic relationship. And so if you're open to sharing um, a bit yeah. like that, I'd love to. It's so wild that we're bringing this up because my, I just did, um, some like podcast strategy planning with my podcast producer and, you know, month of February, I feel like you go to the store now it's freaking like what January 13th. It's not even Valentine's day yet. And you already see like hearts everywhere, like flowers. And I'm like, this is like, what the fuck? Like, you know, some people can get really triggered by that. So anyways, I'm sharing this because all the month of February, um, all my single episodes are actually going to be documenting the four most traumatic toxic relationships that I've been in. Mm. And I'm finally ready to kind of share the wisdom and the teachings and the learnings now that I've actually healed from them. So it's really interesting. I feel like spirits like (laughs) this is a confirmation that that's exactly what you need to do. But going, uh, saying, going back to quickly what you were saying, um, just a minute ago, I totally agree. I think so many people kind of when they get into this, like working on themselves and spiritual evolution, I think sometimes in a way, I feel like there's still the ability for your ego to get in the way. And it's almost like this holier than thou energy. So then you start seeing your partner in this, like almost like different light. And then you kind of walk away. And, and I just don't think that that's okay. Cause like, again, like, what are your, what were your values when you got into this marriage? Like, is it really that easy for you to just walk away? And that's one thing, but there's also another perspective of it where I do think that it is in everyone's best interest to do what's good for them if the relationship is not serving them right you see the opposite end where like some partners are you know they're just there like they're they're not harming anyone not doing anything they're just staying in their own life which yes it can be frustrating but like again similar to your husband there's opportunity for them to evolve and grow in their own way and then I've also seen the partners where they're so stuck in their wounds and traumas, refusing to do the work and it's negatively impacting the household. It's negatively, negatively impacting their partners. And that's when I've noticed where it is really important for you to stand your ground, get clear on your boundaries and basically say like, 
I know that you're on your own time, but this is what I need right now. And if you're not able to do this, like this is how this is impacting me. And if you're not able to do this, either we have to take a break or it has to end here. And I don't want to go as far as saying it's like an ultimatum, but I think it's really important for us to voice what we need, because if the relationship really isn't serving you and the other partner has no desire to support you in that process, then it might just be a relationship that, that, that can't go anywhere until that person then comes to their own, you know, awakening, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. So to go into, um, what was the question? (laughs) Uh, just what has your experience been from, uh, just being on the end of a a negative type of relationship and how healing has really helped you to not only see your part in it, but then equally overcome the the shame of it too. Yeah. I would say it's probably my last relationship. Um, It was funny because as I was going through the outline for each of these relationships, it kind of got significantly worse each time. (laughs) So clearly Evelyn didn't learn her lessons from the relationship before, but my last relationship was about, it's actually five years ago now. Um, so I've been single for five years and this was my own doing. It wasn't, you know, I wanted to be single to focus on myself because I realized, you know, after years of being in toxic relationships, there was something that needed to change. So I met this and I'll just kind of briefly, quickly go over the story. So this, this specific relationship has themes of not trusting your gut and intuition and red flags, um, coming in with baggage, abandonment wounds and toxicity, manipulation, all the things. So we met on an app, you know, just like most millennials do nowadays, we met on an app and we were talking back and forth on Snapchat. Okay. And then one day I had, we were talking and it was time for us to meet. So I went over to his apartment and that night, you know, we're going, I'm going all out and deep here. He was doing Molly MDMA. And I actually had no idea what Molly or MDMA was at this time. Like, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, it's just like this thing. So now I've learned that Molly and MDMA, what it does to our consciousness is it actually is a way f- it, it, it helps you tap into your higher self. Whereas things like shrooms, um, you know, mushroom medicine, uh, and psychedelics helps you bypass the conscious mind, right? So one bypasses the conscious mind, the other taps into your higher self. So now that I've learned all this, I was like, holy shit. Like the first time I met this man, I was talking to his higher self, not who he was like Mm. in the human 3d world. Right. Of course, everything was all like la-di-da. Like he said all the things that I wanted to hear. He wanted to be a DJ, like had all these like big hopes and dreams. And like him and I were just like vibing so hard and he was so respectful and everything. And then we talked like for like five hours that night and he asked me to be his girlfriend the first night we met every, let me tell you. So filling your body, like your mind, like your body is just like all seizing up. Like, no, don't do it. Like, you're going to regret this. Like, it was almost like my body was foreshadowing, like all, like how badly this is going to end. But then my fucking mind and my ego (laughs) said exactly this, Evelyn, if you don't say yes, you might never find another man to love you. And that was my abandonment wound that was talking so loud. So even though everything in me wanted to say no, in that moment of like just pure silence, of course I blurted out yes. 
And like the day after, I remember my dad came to pick me up and he was pissed because he was like, he knew that I was at a guy's house. So he picked me up and um, I remember him driving me home and the whole car ride, I'm like, what have I done to myself? What have I done to myself? Like I could just like foreshadow like how bad this is going to go and how bad this is going to end. But then my wound kept saying like, you can't run away from it. Like you're in too deep now. You already said yes. Like, but you know, now like out of, I'm like, girl, you could have just walked away. You could have just ghosted the man, but no, I like stayed in it. And then, so fast forward, um, it became my most toxic relationship. It got to the point where like, we were fighting screaming matches. Like his parents would have to come down multiple times to kind of like break up our fights. I don't know how the cops were never called on us or why our neighbors never said anything, but it was, it was bad. Like I've never in my Um. life remembered screaming so much in my life. Um, I ended up being cheated on. Um, he ended up stealing our cat while I was away on vacation with my family. Yeah, um, not the cat. Yeah, not the cat. And then he, because I saw my life, you know, with this man, I helped him pay off some credit card debt. So he owed me um, close to $4,000, but then refused to pay it at the end. So I ended up having to take him and his mom to small claims court to fight for my cat and the money that he owed me. Um, and yeah, so after that super traumatizing relationship, I was like, nope, we cannot, I'm not willing and available to go through all of that again, because that completely ruined the rest of my time in college, which I felt like I just gave away to toxic relationships because of my abandonment wounds, my codependency issues. And, you know, father like daddy issues I guess wow thank you so much for sharing that and so openly it's I feel like there's going to be someone who listens to this that actually feels like they have permission to admit to themselves that wherever they're at in their life is not going to work out for their best interest and I mean, everything always in divine timing. It was so fascinating when you started talking about this, how I remember a time that I met someone I used to go to, like when I was emo, (laughs) (laughs) I went to skate park shows with local bands and I met this guy there and it was in a not good neighborhood. And this guy lived in a not good neighborhood. And he seemed when I met him also, he was on drugs. So he's saying all these really nice things. And (laughs) you know, an insecure little 16 year old. So I'm like, Oh, this is fabulous. Like maybe we'll date. And I ended up going to his house and nothing happened. We watched like half a movie and he had friends that were down the hall and we ended up going into their apartment. And there was this, uh, this honestly, I want to say like a child, I'm pretty sure this person was like 14 and they were so fucked up on drugs. They were absolutely out of their mind. And these, uh, these other people were panicking. Like, I don't know what to do. They've been like this for, you know, almost 15 hours now. And this person was like, this person was in a psychosis is what was happening. I know that now, but at the time I was like, why is nobody calling like 911? Like someone needs to get this person some medical help. And I ended up getting picked up. And I remember my dad was just like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing hanging out with these types of people? And I feel like he saw his entire childhood flash before his eyes because he was someone who was very heavily involved in drugs and, you know, just not good people because of his, his uh, growing up experience. And 
I never ended up talking to this person again after that. But uh, as you were saying that I had this like gut wrenching memory that came up and I'm like, oh, I hope that person survived because, oh my goodness, I just, but it's, it's so true. Like when our, when our abandonment wounds and our neglect wounds, they speak to us, there's so much louder than that internal truth that even though is almost just as loud as that time, it's like, there's something so automatically programmed within you at that point that you, you, unless you're aware, you just go with it because you're used to it and it's what you know. And you can't, you can't discredit the gut. You can't forget about it because it is your intuition is your truth. And at the most dire moments in your life, your gut will always tell you, and it will tell you so much that you will like end up hurling over in pain because you just can't ignore it until you go, Oh yeah, sure. That's a great idea. Right. If you got to do that, just (laughs) don't say yes. Go with your gut. Yeah. And like, you know, even at a, as a young child, I was what, like 20, I don't even know how old I was. Um, it was this visceral feeling, but then I chose not to listen to it. And I, and I think, you know, the listen to your gut and trusting your gut, it's so much easier said than done for all of us. But unless you just fucking start and healing your relationship with your gut and your intuition, you're never going to get there. Like, I'm sorry to say, and this is just me being real because yeah. we can, t- you can hear from, you know, any manifestation healing or healer shaman and be like, trust your gut, trust your intuition. If you've had lifetimes and also decades of learning not to trust yourself because mom and dad, you know, it, you and your fullest expression of who you are, were told that you're too X, Y, and Z, you're too ugly, you're too fat, too skinny. And you learn that who you are and what you have to say and how you want to be is not enough. You're not going to all of a sudden snap your fingers and then begin to trust yourself. So it has to start with like tiny little things. Like just even like when your voice, the voice is like, okay, go get up, like go turn left, go turn right. And then you start seeing things moving along that building a relationship with your, with your, your, yourself, your intuition and your gut is a journey. And it has to start somewhere. And cause if you don't do that, you're going to be in the same similar positions. Like let's say me and you where things like that happen and you literally don't know how to trust yourself, even though, you know, should have done better. And that is what leads so many people. I feel like into their dark holes that they struggle to get themselves out of. And then this, these are the typical people that you see them in constant back-to-back cycles of toxic relationships of substance abuse of just putting them in really not so great experiences that then, you know, when you've done that for decades, how do you ever get yourself back out? Yeah. And even, yeah, that's absolutely, that is that radical self-responsibility. And and like you said, it is so much easier said than done. Oh, next time I'm going to do it. But it's like, it starts with those little things, just like you said as well. I always say it. It's like when you're driving to the same job that you go to every day at the same path and you feel called to go left and it takes you five minutes longer, go left. You don't need to know why. Maybe you figure it out that you avoided an accident. Maybe you don't ever know. Maybe it takes you 10 minutes longer. But the point is that you're starting to listen. And that's the whole point of all of it. It's like, ah, it's so true. And then like, even as a parent, right? If you can't trust in yourself, how do you expect to bring that level of courage, even just courage 
to your children and teach them that. And it's like, our children are growing up in a world right now where they're being told that people are toxic and dangerous everywhere they look, even, you know, smiling. It's so disheartening going out in public and nobody smiles at each other anymore. And even if they were, it's not the same when you have half your face covered up. And I don't say that with judgment or shame. It's like just in the genuine psychology of human connection. It's like, that is so disheartening. And I think of the parents who've raised children, uh, the COVID babies, right? I, I think that's such an awful term, but the children who have never seen people, their parents were so nervous and scared of the world that they hardly even went into a grocery store. And, and now these children are going to go into what school one day after being isolated for the first five years of their lives, hardly even knowing anyone other than the two people or one person that lives in their house. And then they're going to go in a classroom. It's like, I think about this and I'm like, man, it's, it's hard to, it actually is really hard to stay positive and, and keep your mindset like, okay, this does get better when you just look at the conditioning over the last 22 months. And it's like, man, at least in Canada, it's not getting better. Um, I know in the States, you guys have more now than you did where people are like, actually, like, actually, I don't think this is right. Let's, you know, turn the leaf on this one Yeah. in Canada. I feel like you just keep going backwards and it's so frustrating. And now in a higher perspective, I know that the more they push these agendas, the more people are going to see it because those who weren't affected are now going to be directly affected by it. And so anyone who went along with it because of the narrative or the compliancy or the fear of what may happen, the consequence, there's going to be something that comes up where you just can't ignore it anymore. You just have to actually genuinely sit there and look at it. Like you were saying, like there was nowhere I could run. There was nowhere I could hide. I was forced to actually look at it. And so I know in a higher perspective that it does get better. I do know Mm -hmm. that, but like when you're in it, and this is even like going back to what we talked about when you're in it, it's fucking hard. It's not sunshines and rainbows. It's hard to hold a perspective that it does get better when you see what's going on. And especially if you're someone who's constantly immersed in it, like I'm grateful to be an entrepreneur and work from home because the world is my playground. I don't answer to anyone but myself, but it's like for people who are in it, you know, that is challenging. And even more so when you're consciously aware of it, because then it's even more disheartening. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I left Canada, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, Take I can't, I can't, you. I was like, I can't, I can't be there anymore. But even, even in that, it's so interesting because now more than ever in the last few weeks, I've seen more and more people, um, from back home actually speaking out, right. People who have done what they were told and then yeah. now are like starting to question, okay, like we did what you're you asked us to do, but how come nothing's changing? And so people are starting to question. And I think it's just different in the States because we have literally more people, human beings in California than all of Canada alone. So, right. Like, I think there's just more people where it's like now the, the people who are waking, waking up are just at a little bit more. It's almost like, I feel like the way that I kind of see it is like mother nature and and mother Gaia is kind of healing. And this is unfortunately just like that process of like shedding and, and a lot of people are going to be hurt and have been hurt in the process. And, you know, it breaks my heart to know how many children, I mean, in the work that we, you and I do now, like we're helping so many people in their like what thirties and forties and fifties and sixties heal from trauma. Like back then, you know, we're going to see another wave of like these, but the the good news is, you know, I was actually kind of sitting here talking to you and like my heart was kind of sinking a little bit, but I'm also kind of really excited because 
when our clients in their 30s to 60s now or more were experiencing their traumas back then, they didn't necessarily have the same tools that yep. parents now have a day. So yes, oh while yeah, like while it is so traumatizing for the kids now to grow up in their early years of, you know, not seeing faces, you know, having like literally fear and worry and doubt ingrained in their bodies because of what their parents are seeing on the news and what they're feeling, there's still time to reprogram the damage that has been done so that when they get into their 50s and 60s, they're not having to reach out to people like you and I to help them heal from the shit that's been caused now. Like, I think the more conversations that we have about this and more awareness that parents have that like, yeah, this is a traumatizing time for everyone, but like you have the power to stop this from affecting your child years down the line. Like, yes, they might have anxiety now, but you can actually, they're still so young and so malleable that you can reverse everything at this age. And I think that's a gift that previous generations never had. Yeah. Um, It's so beautiful that we're talking about this because I'm going to be hosting a children and spirit workshop um, at the end of January. And this is getting recorded early, but it's like, this is literally why I show up every day as a mother, you know, not just to help people grow within themselves, but it, it is, it's saving the next generation. And something that you, you mentioned is that you have the ability to rewrite their stories. They're so young, especially the kids who are 12 and under, you know, and then the ones that are older, it's one of those things where they've never had more access to the op- opposite side, to being able to heal, to have people like you and I'm And, you know, the people who do this work genuinely to support them and like, Hey, instead of you going through this in your late twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, you're 15, 16, 17, 18, you're coming into this. Like, wow, that's amazing. And I feel like, well, one, I know on a larger scale that our children coming in at this point are very psychically gifted and it's, they are the, uh, I call them the alpha generation is what I was channeled through or what channeled through me is they're the alpha generation. And so they get hit with these waves of fear so much worse than anybody's ever experienced because they come with these incredibly empowering and impactful gifts to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I was bawling when I received this download and then that was something. So I went down the rabbit holes in March of 2020, when all of a sudden we had to start do it like stepping back and all it was just this blast of fear. And I'm like, okay, first of all, anything that happens on this scale is this thing good for us. And what that meant, I didn't know, but I was like, there's way more going on than just like look in this one direction. I'm like, well, yeah, for sure. That is not what I do. Like, what else is here? Let's zoom out. Yeah. Like, I was so grateful to do what I do and know what I did at the point because I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Let me check this out. <laughs> But then even just going into it, it was like, you know, being a mother of three young kids, my, my son was supposed to go to school this year, pre-K, and he wasn't able to do that. And, you know, socializing Clara and children's groups, our oldest daughter got pulled from school and we homeschool now, which thank God, because we learned all about the exposure of the indoctrination of school systems. And it's like, um, just, you know, looking at the generation to come and, the parents, the parents who are going through their healing right now, especially the ones with kids or kids in the future, they themselves possess some strong, incredible gift because they're, they need to, to support their children in it. And it's like, you know, I just wanted to bring that awareness because wherever you're at in your life, whether you have the young kids now or not, 
you going through your healing is saving our future generations. And my husband always says, um, hard times breeds soft people and soft people breeds hard, hard times. And then so on the cycle goes, it's like, we got soft because of our past generations having hard, strenuous, difficult times. And now we're in hard times, which are going to create stronger people. And so it's, it's the cycle of life really, but it's so fascinating to think about where our world is going because of all of this. And, you know, it just makes me so grateful that you and I do the work that we do. And yeah, we're like, feel like we're the real frontliners. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, and it's not, and it's not like your traditional medicine where we'll like start <laughs> shunning people off because, Hey, you're deciding not to get vaccinated. Yeah. But like, you know, everyone can be this like frontliner in their own life in their yeah. children's life. And, and that's the thing is that like healing is such a blessing because when you do it for yourself, it's just contagious and you just want everyone to do it. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It might cost you your ego, but like, Hey, like what, if costing your ego means that you're going to be able to save so many other lives and be able to make such a massive ripple effect, like why the fuck not do it? You know, yeah. healing yourself is the most selfless thing that any human being can do because that healing, whether you realize it or not, it's that pebble in a quiet pond, whether you like it or not, it is going to create a ripple effect. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Evelyn, I want to honor your time. Thank you for being here with us today. This was absolutely fascinating. I cannot wait to release this. Honestly, I'll probably release it early because it's so good. And I'm like, <laughs> is this supposed to wait to come out? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> oh my but God. It's always such a pleasure. <laughs> um, but I would love for you to let everybody know wh- what you have going on, where they can find you. You all need to go and be a part of her world. She is so phenomenal in the way that she holds space for people. And just the way that she teaches is so, so incredibly valuable and just so much knowledge that you bring. I love you so much. Yeah. So you can find me on all the platforms, my website, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram at evolve with Evelyn. And some things that I got going on right now is I have a monthly recurring uh, membership called wounds to wealth membership. And it's, it's a membership focused primarily on inner child and generational trauma healing with an added twist of life coaching. And, you know, you'll be able to experience amazing guest experts like Miss Riley herself. Um, and I also have my signature spark sessions, which is my, inner child and generational trauma healing session. So if you are in a position where you're like, I really want to take my healing to the next level, specifically with inner child and generational trauma healing, then just reach out to me because I have different programs and services at each price point that's better suited for you. So you can just DM me on Instagram and we can totally chat. And if you uh, let me know that you have been sent from Riley's podcast, then I'd love, love, love to give you a special discount and promo for the Spark Sessions. Yay. And you guys, I have had quite a few of my clients be sent to Evelyn and go through those sessions and they have come out entirely new people. So I highly recommend you go and check them out. And of course, we'll have all your details and links in the show note below. So go and see that as well. And yeah, thank you so much, Evelyn, for coming Thank on. you for having me on. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a moment to just thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every week. 
If you weren't already aware, new episodes drop on Mondays. If you could please be so kind as to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Riley June with your biggest takeaway, or if you know someone who could really use the insight and guidance provided to you in this session today, I would love for you to go ahead and share this directly to them. I look forward to continuing to bring you insight, guidance, and self-mastery activation tools that you can implement into your life now to truly evolve and become the divine expander that you are. All right, I cannot wait to chat with you soon. And remember, don't forget to go and find the magic in today.